today on the show, we have Brooks Wheeler, marathon Ooh. runner, comedian, SNL alum, and podcaster. What else is there to say besides welcome to Stud City, Brooks? Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm embarrassed about the marathon, but other than that, <laughs> I like, I like that, that other stuff. I, it was, was pretty cool. Well, you know what? I actually have a question for you because Cody ran a marathon like eight years ago and he brings <laughs> it up pretty much every podcast. Mm-hmm. Not quite. It was people- a half marathon. Well, I, I, uh, I hate people who marathons are their identity and that's where it all stemmed from. Uh, I was making fun of, I was drunk making fun of anybody who uh, talks about running marathons. And then my friend, Nick Turner, who has a great podcast, Get Rich Nick, was like, you can't run a marathon. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. And uh, they bet me $500 and I did it. And then Asics reached out and was like, will you write about training specifically for a marathon? I was like, oh my God, I'm literally immediately <laughs> became the person I was making fun of last night. So yeah, I, um, I'm never going to talk about marathons again. If I do run another one, no one will know. Yeah. Well, I, then that's not true. Actually, you know what? I'm going to... I'm I'm still writing for Asics. Uh, I'm not. I don't feel weird when I'm being paid to talk about it. I guess. <laughs> no, but you got like a Mount Dew sponsorship out of it as well. Thank. Or they is that a bust? The, they ain't give me a real the real money. Asics <laughs> is actually putting their money where the mouth is. Mountain Dew's <laughs> over there sending me want me to post about goddamn Code Red. Send me one Dew. I told them I want a fucking case before I promote their hillbilly juice. Yeah, ever since Sprite came out, they don't have that bag to just give out to marathon runners anymore. It's total bullshit. I want, yeah, I, I mean, actually, in all honestly, Mountain Dew ruined my marathon. Like uh, the, <laughs> the, the second one I did because I pounded, I was doing a bit within a bit. And uh, so at the halfway mark, I chugged a 20 ounce Mountain Dew uh, and said, Mountain Dew, it's good for you. And um, it made my body cramp up. <laughs> so it actually. Like- Fucked up my whole. I had to lay down for a bit. I ran the <laughs> second one slower. <laughs> I, I love how dew. Like you think of dew, you think of like fairies, you think of like freshness. But Mountain Dew, it's just it's basically just like what what is it? It's basically just chemicals and growth. Yeah, things, right. It, your teeth just fall out if you're like uh, in a hillbilly and you're seven years old just drinking Mountain Dew. It just fucks up your shit. Well, there but was. I, um, the, yeah, the off-brand in Iowa at these stores called Fairway was called, there was Mountain Lightning and another one that just went more for it. It was called Hillbilly Holler. And, uh, <laughs> I would, I, I, I prefer do, but I would settle for a Hillbilly Holler. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's, in Vancouver, we have, um, instead of Dr. Pepper, we have Dr. Dynamite. And that really? rocks hard. Yeah, at Safeways. Wow. I gotta we try got to try that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a Mr. I had a uh, Mr. Pib yesterday, I think. Maybe, or maybe it was a no. It was Mr. Pib. Yeah, I get that when I'm yeah. in the states. That shit's mm-hmm. rocks. Uh, yeah, they have it at. I I broke my uh, no fast food rule uh, for 2021 yesterday. Driving back from the desert, I stopped at In and Out. Oh, nice. Is that yeah. fast food or is that like an experience that everybody needs to have at least once? I mean, it was like, I don't, I, it was, um, I was just fucking hungry as shit. I had three more hours and I didn't feel like uh, sitting inside anywhere. And it was, it's like the, in my brain, I rationalized it as healthy fast food, which is absolutely <laughs> not true. That's funny. I have an In-N-Out mug like right next to me. No, I agree. I'm like, I I'm a total nerd for it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's the same thing as like marathons to me. Like, just don't let it become your identity. <laughs> yeah. People, people fucking like anybody who like is in love with a corporation is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like Disney, Disney to- adults. Like, I love Disney. I'm like, do you just make a conglomerate? It's like loving the family from fucking, uh, God, I can't even think of the name of it right Um I wanted to call it insurrection, but it's succession. It's like I love, you know, <laughs> I love I the Roy's. Yeah, I love the Roy family. Like that's what you're saying. Like this is a fucked up, weird, psycho, fucking generational mind nightmare. And you're like, yay, weird. Yeah. It's worth it for yeah. a day. It's worth going to In and Out for a day. It's worth being a Roy for a day. I feel like. You know? Oh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong. With, there's nothing wrong with stepping into the stepping into the world, but having it your yeah. Twitter fucking Yikes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people from like my generation, our generation, that are like so into Pixar movies and they make it their entire personality. And you have to Ooh. be like, you know, Wally is a good movie, but it's not that good. You know, I my it's, Nick, it's like Nick Turner's favorite movie. He doesn't talk about it, but he I. He was, um, I was like, I think I was shitting on, we went and saw Toy Story 4 together because I do like Pixar movies. They're fucking not, the most well-written things on the planet. Oh, yeah. Lab. Um, <laughs> well, they have guns to people's heads. But, uh, <laughs> but he loves Wally. And I don't think Wally's, I was annoyed or bored with Wally. I, I forget what happened right before Wally, but like got me excited. It was a similar situation where Lion King came out, greatest movie I ever fucking saw. Then they, then they follow that up with Pocahontas. What a bummer. I was devastated with how boring Pocahontas was. I, there was no singing fucking Timon and There was not a Timon and Pumbaa to be seen in that goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just a raccoon and a hummingbird. <laughs> don't talk. <laughs> I agree. Also, Pixar is like the fucking Russian Olympic team of movie studios. Like, it's enjoyable <laughs> to watch, but I know how you got there, and it was injecting steroids into your ass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thousand people, story department. You know, we get it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. uh yeah i i dated a girl for a while who was from uh sonoma and like her like school was like like she lived clo- like didn't uh live close to like john laster's um like winery and he was really cool mm-hmm. about like letting people come on it and stuff and then i found out and th- i don't know i i i think i'm getting it right but allegedly he was me too and i was like oh i don't get to talk about how cool that guy was anymore never mind <laughs> I think it was I don't if I got it wrong I got it wrong I'm not I'm not yeah I think he was given a little like a one too many hugs at work I think that was kind of the deal yeah pretty Mm. sure he got me too pretty heavy yeah I just don't want to get you know Colt Cabana CM Punk sued over here (laughs) oh my god dude that that situation had so much great drama like all the podcasts that came out no it was terrible Colt is my friend it was a goddamn nightmare Sorry, I meant as somebody watching from the outside with no involvement, with no friends. Yeah, it was, I was it like, was an interesting what? situation. Yeah, I was like, what we our words like if not, like the people who say shit on our podcast, we can get in trouble for it. This is crazy. Yeah, no, totally. Wait, what happened? I'm kind of missing it. Sorry, I'm not. Oh my god, super into wrestling. professional wrestling. What's wrong? With you? <laughs> No, well, um, Cliff Notes, uh, Cole Cabana has, has a really great um, podcast, like one of the OG wrestling podcasts. I forget what it's called. Uh, but CM Punk and him were best friends. 
uh, and then CM Punk came on and talked about um, the WWE uh, doctor do like what his experience was there. And then um, the WWE and the doctor sued them both for slander for $10 million. Both of them. Uh, Damn. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's mad money. Yeah, the WWE like responsible for more CTE than anybody else in the entire world. They're like suing these two fucking who I consider artists for just like speaking their fucking mind. It's totally well, also suing one guy who was the WWE champ and then also he, who said the things and then also his friend. <laughs> Which yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. this. Because Colt wasn't in the WWE at that point. Where, where was he performing? He was, he's, a, he's an indie superstar, man. He's all yeah, over the yeah. place. He's crushing over an AEW right now. I love AEW. Shout out to AEW. Yeah, it's sick. Okay, more organi- cool. <laughs> more, <laughs> the more organizations, the better. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, Brooks, you were just in the Mojave Desert yesterday. Uh, how long is that trip back to L.A.? It's only and three and a half it? hours. Okay. And you ripped that this morning or last night? Uh, I, I came back uh, yesterday morning. Um, okay. But I went up there, climbed some sand dunes, camped, found a cave. Um, I mean, like, you guys get it. This pandemic is a nightmare, and I'm fortunate enough to live in a part of the world that I can still go outside. So um, I found one sort of hospitable place that I could go camping and get the fuck away and went there. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. I just got a COVID test this morning. My nose is all fucking <laughs> itchy as fuck. Isn't it oh, the yeah. worst? I get them three times a week, and it's like every nurse is just different. They're either like, "Don't give a shit and just do the outside," or they jam it up to your brain. It's like, well, yeah. thanks. That's uh, my yeah. excuse. After like, I do a bunch of cocaine and go to my mom's for dinner. That's always my excuse. I'm like, no, mom, I just got, I just got fucking COVID. Death. No, don't worry about it, mom. It's all good, you know. He's like, this is 2018. What is COVID? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I haven't seen my mom since 2018. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, um, uh, welcome to the show, Brooks. We're super excited to have you. You are our uh, biggest guest, our first American, our first pro athlete. Um, we just uh, First off, we'd like to talk about like what's fucked up uh, about us, what, what's some crazy that happened this week. Um, just for me, first of all, it snowed like crazy yesterday. And my elderly landlady um, shoveled my snow, and I pretended I was asleep, but it really I was just playing video games. Um, that's kind of my, my simple is. Uh, Bo kind of had a much crazier week. Bro, do you want to kind of get into it? Sure. This segment is called What's Fucked Up, and this is what's fucked up. So in the last week, I had like a horrendous personal drama that involved an addict in my family going to the hospital let's not get into that one because it's kind of depressing and then i got savagely broken up with and my heart broken and then i got rent evicted for my apartment all in seven days it's been great yeah i don't think i should be here for this (laughs) (laughs) sounds like maybe we push this you know what i said I, I was like, let's push it. And then I was like, you know what? It's Brooks Whelan. We, I, got, I, gotta sh- <laughs> I, I gotta forgot show about up, the baby. attic thing. I got to show up. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry. That sounds, that's all terrible, man. I, that's no fun at all. Zero, <laughs> you know what? zero amount of those things are fun. You know what helped me? I, I watched your um, short film, The Attempt, and I oh, really loved I it. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's really nice to hear because, I mean, that was my lowest point was a, a similar situation. Not it was broken up with in a terrible way. 
um, was engaged. And, uh, and, and then that went south, like in like finding out just like one, what was engaged one day, then thought it was great next day, whole life different. Uh, and then I went to Alaska to get over it, uh, which is kind of what the short film is about. Um, but I ended up just getting drunk at a pizza parlor outside of fucking Denali for seven days and didn't (laughs) learn anything, came back with no new profound wisdom, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's what that short was about is about a person who's like, I'm going to go solve everything right away. And that it's actually not possible. It's not possible. I'm at the point of the breakup where I'm just telling myself, I'm going to move to Toronto just so I can call her and say to her, Hey, I'm moving to Toronto, but <laughs> I'm not moving Boom. To <laughs> you got her <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm dude, in the six I mean, now <laughs> mine was I was 29 so mine mine was five years ago uh and um I am shooting a, a tv show that I know she watches uh <laughs> this is my ex I shoot a tv show I know she'll watch so uh in 10 days so I'm like I gotta look good in 10 days for what <laughs> not for the tv show <laughs> Not because it's good for my career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I called my mom. and t- So I'm 27 and I called my mom and I was like, yeah, um, he broke up with me. and It was really brutal. And, you know, I'm really hurt. And my mom was just like, oh, my God, you're 27 and you have nobody. And I was like, mom, I'm only fucking 27. What are you saying to me right now? Mom? Yeah, I'm, I remember I called um similar situation uh where you're like you you ever i have a joke about this about like do you ever forget you don't get along with your parents and you think let's <laughs> and then like one minute in you're like i forgot i, I hate this is a nightmare <laughs> yeah like you'd sound like you had like a moment where you're like i kind of want to talk to my mom i uh, assume with me when it when my engagement and i call my mom i was like, we're not you know not getting married or whatever i'm like crying and she was like mm, i knew she never loved you i was like jesus <laughs> give me 10 minutes <laughs> I was like, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. My mom. Yeah. My mom's a little bit like, she's not like, she's very sweet and she's not particularly harsh, but like, she's also a little like innocent and like country bumpkin ish a little bit. Like one time she used to, I used to come home just fucking wrecked drunk, like so hammered. I couldn't even walk straight. And I would wake my mom up in the middle of the night and she would come and make me grilled cheese sandwiches and stuff. Whoa. And one t- one t- yeah, she's great. And one time I told her, I was like, mom, like, I remember when I used to get super wrecked and you would make me grilled cheese sandwiches? And she was like, you were drunk? You were 15. She had no clue I was drunk and I would be fall over drunk. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a naive mom. Yeah. <laughs> my boy is so sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. My mom's sweet and nice, but um, I'm not the person to consult, not to, not a consoler. No. <laughs> Cody, what about your mom, dude? My mom's cool. She uh, she's like um, like not a party or anything because she partied so hard as a kid. We found my sister and I found out her nickname in high school was Wild Woman. But mm-hmm. like um now she's like a wife of a retired police officer and is like refuses to like try cbd or anything like that so i i was never really a drunk teenager i i my the wheels fell off for me in college that's where i got like you know buck wild 
but yeah yeah but she's like cool you do own an alarming amount of bongs (laughs) well yeah we're in my writing space i was just showing um bo a couple of my bongs that's my that's my grossest one that's my plastic one but yeah yeah, anyways this is (laughs) yeah where (laughs) i was like you just showed me a gas station bong yeah (laughs) this one's dirty but you know that one's that one's a netflix bong so i can just lay down and rest it on my belly oh my god Uh, (laughs) this is this is you guys are gonna release this right so keep some this is our biggest episode it's this is the one where i'm telling everybody at work i'm like oh my god we got our biggest episode coming up now you're talking about how you lay down and smoke out of a bong on your belly (laughs) oh brooks you have no idea what, what this podcast has done to my personal life. Like the whole concept of the podcast is that I'm what what would you say I am, Cody? A dirtbag or a piece a of shit? Delinquent. Yeah. A this delinquent. is real good versus evil here. You sound yeah. like a sweet boy to me. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I ha- I I have a lot of dualities to me, you know. I'm I'm a complicated person. Mm. But yeah, I've admitted steroid use on this podcast, a lot of fucked up shit. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you wanted to get strong. <laughs> that was my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This oh, podcast good. started. We were going to do like um, just review episodes of Kenny versus Benny. I don't know if you're familiar with that show, Brooks. Love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think about the one where they where uh, can can I forget? I think it was Kenny. The one where they see how long they can go blind. And oh yeah, <laughs> Kenny immediately doesn't do it. Yeah, just takes off his blindfold. Yeah, I think about <laughs> so, that one all of the time. Like I constantly think about Kenny that episode of Kenny versus Spinny. I really loved it. It's such an amazing show, and it's crazy that it hasn't been like not recreated exactly, but recreated in a way because it was the first kind of reality sitcom. I mean, I and... I'll be honest, and I'm not I I can't retweet this episode now with how much shit I've been, how much stuff, personal stuff I've said. Uh, but I was. <laughs> Just, there goes know, our but, numbers. Well, <laughs> yeah, cool. Enough, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> Go for but it. I, I was uh, at a meeting with True TV, um, and uh, pitching them a travel show or whatever, and they were like, uh, "Can you just like come up with the new Kenny versus Spenny?" That's literally what they told me. Wow. Uh, and I was like, "It's kind of uh, been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know a new angle on that one." Uh, and the the new angle is impractical jokers where they're all in on it together. I'm like, so you already did it? I don't <laughs> know what to tell you. I guess yeah. I'll leave now. Uh, but all I'm saying is True TV is trying to come up with the new Kenny versus Spinny. And I'm like, just hit up Kenny and Spinny because I bet yeah. they'll do it again. Except they will totally do it again, man. Kenny talks about it all the time. And yeah, I think it's I was like, funny. Call them. You're, you have a network. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's funnier now that they're fucking old and kind of falling apart. Like, it's way funnier. Yeah. Spenny admitted to smoking crack on Instagram Live not so long ago, and their lives are vastly different. It'd be more interesting, I think. You know, I actually got to be... um, I I sold a TV show and created and wrote it with with the Canadian legend Mike Clattenburg. He's a real close friend. Oh, fuck yeah. I love him. Yeah, we... um, we sold a show in 2016 about some scumbags together and when mm-hmm. uh, we wrote it together and it was really good. It was called blowing it. It was about, you know, like a 20, uh, 26, 27 year old whose life falls apart. Um, <laughs> uh, but he's, and he'd been like really sheltered and then all of a sudden like he does everything. Um, but uh, it was really fun. Cause I love trailer park boys and um, me and whenever, 
Mike and I would be writing and we'd get bored, I would just like put on an episode of Trailer Park Boys and he'd give me director's commentary and it was fucking awesome. Oh, was, shit. Yeah. Just like sick. hanging out with the dude who wrote and directed every episode. And he's like, this happened here because of this, this happened because of this, this happened. I'm like, fuck, this is so cool. Yeah. He's kind of That's like so our sick. Dan Harmon. He's, yeah, he's such a fucking he, I mean, legend. He's incredible. And I, I'm such a, like, I mean, in, friend, first of all, a friend of his, and then also like a fan. Um, but yeah, he, he bounced back to Halifax before we, to like work on his um, raccoon show that I think is out now. And yeah. uh, so we were riding over Zoom or whatever. And he was like, just come up to Halifax, man. Like, just get just come up here. We'll finish this. I, I'm doing a terrible Clattenburg impression, but <laughs> um, that guy freaking rocks. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think um, I think my brother-in-law was in a move, movie that he directed and wrote called Afghan Joe, maybe. Afghan oh yeah. Jack or something. I mean, like he had the he had some. This dude is this this dude is awesome. He had he had this whole other. I mean, I probably shouldn't pitch it because he really wants to. He still was like, if I pitch this to the CBC, would you do it? And I was like, of course. Uh, and it was this other spin on a talk show. I mean, he's just a really interesting sweet funny dude uh and like i was i was such a fan of fucking trailer park boys before we even met up and we actually bonded over um because i met with a bunch of possible showrunners for this idea for a tv show and uh i told a bunch of, i told them all i was like well my favorite tone of anything is the foot fist way i think that's the funniest best yeah. tone of any show and um he was the only one that was like, it's also my favorite tone. And I was like, well, we should definitely work together. Hell yeah, dude. That's sick. Some people were like, I hate it. Like I got, <laughs> I won't say who it is, but it was just like pretty, uh, this is not bragging. This is a dude who was just like disgusted that I got him to watch the foot fist way. <laughs> and uh, he's like an old, like head writer for a bunch of shows or whatever. And I was like, just watch the foot fist way. That's what I'm trying to go for. And he watched it and he like responded. He's like, we shouldn't work together at all. If you think that's funny. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, I think it's very funny. And uh, he's like, it like upset my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> what a nerd. Yeah. Dude, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jo funny. Jody Jody Hill's like a straight up fucking genius, man. Like, you know, it's an underrated ass fucking movie, dude. Like, so fucking underrated. Hold on, let me see if I can get it before you oh, get there. You're yeah, gonna yeah. go? Are you gonna go with uh um the mall cop one? Yeah. Yeah. What's it? Observing report. Observing yeah. report. Yeah. It's. I mean, it got. Yes, it's one of the best movies ever. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. You know who loves that movie? Fucking David Letterman. Yeah, because it's so dark and real and sincere, and it got it got Paul Blart it fucked it up big time. It got lumped in with Paul Blart, and that's like it like really fucked it sincerely. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. When they're when he uh God, what, Michael Pena uh is like now it gets scary, and he's shooting heroin in the bathroom. You're like. <laughs> Does. <laughs> this is so much darker than I thought we would could possibly get. To. Yeah, dude, it's, it is fucking incredible, and like Anna Faris is fucking incredible in it. It's just so, so funny. Good. Yeah, I mean so that movie is. Uh, I mean when, I mean there's that like borderline rape scene where she he's like she's he's yeah, sleeping with her, and then you know I mean they really tow the line. They tow the line, but perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, and Pat Patton Oswalt, you're so used to him kind of playing like nice, like 
characters he's so great as that asshole fast food worker like he's such a fucking prick in that movie it's it's fantastic when seth rogan fucking bashes his head against the fucking oven loved it yeah i've like man seth rogan's so cool and like one of my heroes and i could not have laid he hosted snl when i was there i could not have laid a bigger egg like the week oh really i just i don't even i just remember being like so unfunny and just such a dark cloud and then like i run into him after that and i even brought it up then and i'm like what are you stop talking about that like i just like that guy's so cool and funny and prolific and i'm like man you really fucked up when you met that guy not like <laughs> i was just so just like bummed out and not funny i was like man and that and then he makes like 90 percent of the comedies yeah yeah so if it makes cool. you if it makes you feel any better terrence ha- howard had me removed from a party once <laughs> what you haven't you told this story Oh, I got really drunk. Terrence Howard should have been removed from the party. Yeah, (laughs) he has his own fucking alphabet or some shit. Fuck that guy. Anyway, it was like an after party. I'm not going to say what it was for, but he was dating a girl in the in in the movie. And um, um, I kept coming. I got really hammered and I kept coming up to him and saying, man, fuck a Don Cheadle. Because he had just been replaced by Don Cheadle in oh, Iron Man. Yeah. An Iron Man? Yeah. yeah. And so I, and then, and then somebody tapped me on the shoulder and they said, you, you got to go. Well, that's, I'm, I'm going to actually side with uh, Terrence Howard. <laughs> rare Terrence Howard siding. I agree. Uh, I agree. <laughs> mine was, I wasn't, I wasn't annoying. I just wasn't funny, which oh, is yeah, pretty I, important. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I was I wasn't funny either. I I mean I, that that being said, I have um I'm trying to think of like the most I don't know. I mean I got I got thrown out of a Comedy Central party, the first one I ever went to, uh, and it led to them directly inviting me the next week to the Miami South Beach Comedy Festival because they're like we like we know we want to bring people who like to party, and uh, it's a great career move. So if Terrence Howard ever really wants to rock and roll, you're gonna get hit up. Yeah, there you go. Howard, hustle and flow too. For Philip Seymour Hoffman looking 27 year olds with very little going on besides a podcast. Uh, you got you it. You got a lot going on. But also, isn't it? It's also weird, like, because, you know, I only think of Philip Seymour Hoffman as like having a couple roles. Like, how many roles, like, how good of an, like, I saw, what did I see recently? Oh, Punch Drunk Love. Fuck I've never yeah. Seen that. And you like watch it, you're like, he's the greatest actor I've ever seen. Like, he is the best actor I've ever seen. Dude, mm-hmm. I read the script for Punch Drunk Love, and you know the scene where he goes, shut, 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 shut the fuck up. That scene? Yeah, yeah. He says every single shut that's written on that goddamn fucking page. Amazing. Sick. Yeah. yeah. They do that bullshit where, <laughs> well, I'm saying like, yeah. I'm just jealous. I can't do it. I'm not a great actor, but I can, you know, improv uh, scenes well, I feel like. And uh, I mean, according to me, um, but like they do the thing now, like we'll go side by side the scene with the script and how like oh yeah, you know it is, and I'm just like fuck you. I get yeah. one third of the words right, but the emotions there, baby. Like if they if they did like the script versus like the scenes that I do, it'd just be like, what's he doing? This is not part of it. Uh, yeah. But um, I'm just jealous of good actors. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, you know, actually, I'm gonna have to disagree with you about one thing. Uh, Brooks, I actually think you are a really talented actor. Um, yeah, thank my you. my sister told me once. My sister's an actress. 
And my sister told me once that acting drunk is the hardest thing to do um, in acting. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought you, you acting drunk in the attempt was so fucking good that, that it led me to believe that you were actually, contrary to your own belief, a very talented actor. And my question is, my question is. Oh, excited for this question. Is that? Oh, he, we lost him. His alarm is attached to his camera, I bet. It happens. Well, I mean, we got a cliffhanger now for this question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways. Am I, am hey, I back? We, yeah, you're back, um, bro. My question is, um, did you use any techniques or was that just loss of experience? Uh, I mean, it was all in a beer and um, great director. Andy Landon directed it. Uh, I feel like I can act as well as the director can direct. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I mean, also, it was my own. It was like that short film was like going for broke to prove I could act. So I worked really hard. I just tried really hard. I, I got to stay focused. Um, uh, and I was also producing it and wrote it. So it was like very important to me. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I tried, yeah. just tried super hard. And uh, Andy's a great director. I mean, you know, it's all camera movements. I remember he put some. Um, he put like Vaseline on the lens, you know, for like, nice. like, he, you know, he just knew he's a great director. A good director can direct great things. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're when also great in AP bio too. Like when you're oh. handcuffed to that fucking chair elevator, holy shit. That's so amazing. That was fun. That was the most fun I've ever had acting because uh, I moved out to LA because I wanted to make my own. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, and I mean, that's the goal. That was all it's always been the goal and it just got mm-hmm. sidetracked with snl for a second uh to um and uh in like the main it, i got to argue with glenn howerton in like shooting wise for like two hours uh you know it's only like maybe 30 seconds in the show but i was like i'm in it's always sunny this is me and dennis <laughs> <laughs> it was like i mean that guy is that guy is fucking funny dude he gave me all sorts he was like that's what so michael bryan wrote and created that show and um speaking of which like he just was like uh but like he, he was just talking about he's like i needed a guy who couldn't get over a breakup and he was like so i know the perfect guy <laughs> uh so that like um that's how i got that part and then uh uh but Either way, O'Brien writes really funny. Paula Pell wrote that episode. Who Paula Pell is um, legendary SNL writer, uh, incredible. She she plays um, the uh, the secretary. secretary. I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, also, she wrote all of the cheerleader sketches at SNL. Uh, every Will Ferrell. Oh show. shit! That's 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 Paula. Um, so she wrote it. She's there filling lines. Glenn Howerton, who's fucking the guy behind It's Always Sunny's there feeding lines. And O'Brien's running around feeding. It's like the funniest three people in the world just yelling, like giving you alts is so fucking rad. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, it's also really- nice to be on a show that is excited to have you, unlike SNL, where you feel like you're <laughs> intruding on your own show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. probably really full after all those lines being fed to you. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ravioli. <laughs> full of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to... So you've mentioned that SNL is kind of like uh, a nightmare. Do you want to just touch on that and say uh, what kind of... What was shitty about it and what was cool about it for you? Or are you over uh, it? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, it was... Uh, it was 
both. I mean, I've, anybody who's done the show will tell you it's both like it is a nightmare sometimes, but sometimes it's the best day of your life. Mm-hmm. So it's just the highest highs and the lowest lows uh, within the same, you know, show. Cause like when you're doing well, everyone is excited to say great job. And when you're not doing well, everyone is really excited to ignore you. Um, and it's mentally fucking awful. Um, but when you do, I mean, it's, it's the ultimate, um, I guess, nagging or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, they like withhold love so much that when they give it, it means everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so when you get it, it's like, fuck yes, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, but then when they hold it, pull it back, it's like, what am I doing wrong? You know? And then like, um, yeah, I don't know. It was cool. I got to do weekend up doing the weekend updates. What we're still will forever be probably the cool. Well, that's not true. No. Making my own TV show that I write and create will, will be the, my favorite thing I've ever done. But as far, probably goal wise, the reason I got into comedy was because Adam Sandler would go on weekend update and be Adam Sandler. And um, I lived in Iowa, which is very far from anything uh, entertainment related. And the fact I got to do that is pretty cool. Uh, roll on as Adam Sandler. No, I'm joking as me. <laughs> your uh, weekend updates were so funny. Like I remember one time I was laughing so hard at your butter story that like I woke up my roommate and shit. Oh, but, that's so nice, man. I was, yeah. that was the other really, really, really frustrating part of Saturday Night Live. Very frustrating is anytime they let me do an update, it would murder. I only got to do two, it, two mm-hmm. out of 24 and it would fucking kill and I would be like, let me do more. Like, I would just like mm-hmm. beg, let me do more of these. This is just, just let me do this. This is what I should be doing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they fired me and took that advice straight to Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah. My, I remember my room and I would be like, who the fuck is this guy? One, he has like the coolest name in ever. And he's like the funniest fucker. So like, very, I remember like nice. you're like oh. Jeopardy episode or Family Feud, I think. And we're like, you're making jokes about like, yeah, I'm on the show. And we're like, yes, like, come on, Brooks. <laughs> but oh man, that episode was um, I actually got the my funniest sketch of, that I had ever cut for time at the end of that episode, which was uh oh, really? really funny. Uh me and Jimmy Fallon. Um, it was a Christmas episode. I was in it the most, and then I had a really funny sketch that I had written that was the idea of um the in the movie King Kong, they catch King Kong, then he's on Broadway. And so we wrote <laughs> us pitching the idea of chaining a monkey to the stage. Uh, but the side note is um, me and Jimmy Fallon are romantically involved twin brothers. And uh, <laughs> also I'm in a neck brace because Kong's been raping me. So, uh, it was really funny at the, at the end Kong roars and he's like Julius go see what he wants and then I put on lipstick and I'm like I know what he wants and like I mean it, it would have like it crushed at dress and we just ran out of time uh, and uh, for um, you know air like something went they did like baby it's cold outside some fucking whatever <laughs> sketch yeah, yeah. Uh, Christmas made sense, and they were like, "We'll do your sketch. We'll do. We'll get to your sketch sometime in the second half of the season." Fucking never even thought about doing it again. I mean, I did every day, but they were like, "No, did that not go good?" I go, "It went really good." What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, it was a lot Would of. Would you do it? Would you do it for like second chance theater, or like if there's gonna be a new season of I think you should leave or something? 
Um, or do you have another good, one in mind? There is a good season of it. That's why I'm. Uh, um, I actually, we actually are doing not that sketch, a different sketch cover time on this new season. I think you should leave. Um, Holy shit! I shared an office with Zach Cannon, and uh, me, Zach, and Tim wrote together uh, quite often. So we wrote that King Kong sketch together. We wrote some other stuff. So, uh, but um, I. I don't. I think I, uh, Second Chance Theater over at Seth, Seth Meyers only makes sense if um, you're a known SNL cast member. Uh, like people are like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> right. It's got to be like Sudeikis or some shit. Yeah, it's got to be somebody who did well there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, people would be like, "What is this?" I see why he got fired. Yeah, <laughs> I was like a huge SNL kid growing up but i never actually watched the show live like i got the best of dvds you know mm -hmm. and so in kind of like lately you know i the person i was seeing before this she watched snl every saturday and like did part of you wish that maybe you got the job at it like you were born at a different time and you got the job like in the early 2000s or in the 90s or something because snl used to be fucking cocaine you know, and now it's like baby powder, essentially. Well, um, I think I, I, I mean, I think I got, when I got there, man, it was still fucking great. Like, I mean, it was also what, what is really, what is really satisfying is to watch how funny I think you should leave is and having seen those sketches read, some of them uh, at SNL and they're like, nah. And I'm like, see, I just love how Tim is just proving how wrong a lot of their decisions were. Yeah. Um, uh, but when I got there, man, it was, I mean, my heroes had just left. I i got there the season after Andy Samberg left. Like, oh, shit. So, like, yeah. when I, this is a while ago, it was like Samberg just left, Hader, uh, Sudeikis, and Armiston all were there like the year before me and Kristen Wick. So it was like fucking peak SNL. And then, so, to me, it was still a really rad, incredible, cool time to yeah. be there. Uh, and um, I mean, I can't speak to it anymore. I haven't watched it, you know, yeah. since I left. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't really know. But when I was there, I still, when you are hired on that show, you think it's pretty cool. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not like, man, this would have been cool. You're like, this is very cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that, makes, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah, you're not like, oh, I wish I was with Chevy. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is fine. This is great. I wish I could hear the N-word every five seconds. That oh. great. <laughs> what? A little it was a little yep. Chevy joke. I'm sorry. Jesus. No, I'm no, I'm saying I'm saying wolf about that time. Yeah. yeah. Oh I mean, yeah, we would, yeah. I know. We would kind of like... we would kind of shit on the show, like the early show, like <laughs> for like those are just a bunch of coked up maniacs. They ran around in bee costumes. That wasn't good. Yeah. We just have nostalgia. One hundred percent. I I, mean, I, I just want the the sketch that I would watch, and I was like, "This is this is what they don't do anymore. This is why." Like maybe the cast doesn't pop like it used to. Um, and also, it's Adam Sandler, and he's my hero. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. but the Denise, the Denise show, where he it's just oh, Sandler, yeah. Just stand there and he's calling. It's just about his With a phone. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, they don't do any sketches like this where it's like they let the cast really just fucking be them, you know? Yeah. Um, and I would watch that and try to come up with my own idea, a uh, take on the Denise show. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and it turns out it's very hard to come up with a Denise show because uh, <laughs> it's very funny and well done by, you know, probably one of the greatest comedic actors ever. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there trying to be that. But um, I don't know. I mean, I just I have nostalgia for, of course, uh, everybody who was there before me, uh, which is and then once you get there, it really takes the magic away once they hire you because you're there. You're like, they don't know nothing if they're hiring me. Uh, <laughs> it really, you know, takes the mystery out once because I remember I, I knew Hannibal Burris and I couldn't believe he got hired to write there. I was like, I know a guy who writes on SNL and I was like on it two years later. I was like, this is it was that hard. Uh, but it turns out it's pretty hard to stay on it. Yeah. It's funny, like all my a lot of my favorite comedians today are people that like didn't necessarily function well at SNL. Like Hannibal didn't function that well at SNL, and he's a fucking genius. That guy. So yeah, you just funny. gotta let. I mean, stand-ups need to do update. Yeah. Put them yeah. on. Let them do update. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Works for Pete. Work for Leslie. Let them do update. Oh yeah, Leslie was so good. I mean, and that's Che. That's like Che and Joe. Mm -hmm. That's I mean. Che is just like, you know, gets it. He, he, we worked together there. We wrote a sketch together every week. And because um, he was writing, I got hired to be a writer first. So it was me and him. I, che was the only person I knew before I got there. And so we started writing together. And then, um, yeah, and he just took his, you know, fucking superior knowledge of comedy over to Update, which is its own little 15 minute show once a week. And now, you know, I, I fully, uh, Say Che is the reason anybody really pops on, and, and Joe's fucking, of course, Colin, but like them letting people shine on update uh, is just so important. 100%. Yeah. And that's not, talking, that's not talking any shit on anybody else. It's just saying like those guys are great at what they do. Yeah. Anytime mm -hmm. somebody champions stand up, stand ups, I'm always like, I got that guy's back. I'm a fan <laughs> of that guy for life, you know? Stand ups yeah. are so fucking underutilized on television. I mean, that's what also is great about Seth Meyers. Uh, he, he's so cool. And like why I, I have done only, I did one late night set on Conan and I did not have a great time. Uh, I, I, I was like, it was just so bottled and noted. And that's not their fault by any means. You know, it's what they have to do. But then I went on tour with Seth for a little bit while he was getting ready for his Netflix special. And then uh, I was like, can I come on and just, do a late night set on on your show and he's like yeah for sure um and then he, you know no notes didn't ask to see it nothing uh and then they were like five minutes good i was like what if i hit six they're like that's fine i don't care <laughs> and it's the most fun i've ever had doing stand-up on tv it's just like and it's because he's just like also it's easy because i he had just we had just toured together he wasn't letting somebody blindly on so i understand the notes process but like the fact that Seth and Mike Shoemaker are so open to like, yeah, come on um, and just do what you do. And we're not going to give you notes because what you do is you're great at it. Uh, it really get, helps give great, comp like, I don't know. I love that late night set. I'm really yeah. proud of it. I love your opening joke about yeah. the Joker. It was very timely. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, honestly. Well, the Joker <laughs> had just come out and I, I pitched it to Seth, but right before I walked out, and he, uh, I was like, yo, I was thinking about, uh, I was like, because <laughs> I, I opened, for people who don't know, I opened with, let's hope this goes better than the Joker's late night set. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I said this in the hall or whatever. And I was like, this is a really fun day because the Lucas brothers were downstairs writing on the Tonight Show. And I went down and watched them do a bit. Then they came up, they watched my set. And then we went up and hung out with Che. 
And it was like really fun. It was just like me and my comedy class uh, were just like all working on the different, different, you know, SNL, the late show and the tonight show. I was like, we're all, this is really fun. This is special. Um, but uh, so I was with the Lucas bros and I was, and I pitched it to Seth. I was like, oh, I was good. I was thinking I'm going to open with that. And Seth laughed at it. And I was like, now I am going to do it. <laughs> and uh, I'm really glad I did too. Cause like any sort of spontaneity on a late night set is super uh, what people remember. Yeah, totally. It was cool. Like that time that uh, Courtney Love showed her boobs to Letterman. That was the best time ever. I mean, <laughs> my favorite late night set. Yeah. <laughs> she, fucking, she fucking killed that night, dude. Yeah. She, fucking mer- she got she got a Comedy Central half hour out of that. Got new albums. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I guess I don't, just to get back to your point is, uh, I, it, I was very mad at SNL and now I'm not at all. Now I'm like, uh, it, you know, so it's cool. Yeah. It was cool. Well, now, that you, now you have um, entry level, which is honestly like one of my favorite podcasts. Like I oh, will listen you. to it like weekly. Like sometimes I'll be like laying in bed at like midnight on a Sunday and then I'll get that notification that entry level just came in and then I'll <laughs> just like go play video games and like listen to the new episode. Oh, like, uh, that's so, it's nice. so good. It's only because I don't know how to uh, uh, schedule it. So sometimes it just goes up at like, you know, <laughs> Sunday at like four. I'm like, I don't know. I don't put it up now. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm just it's like, great work, man. It's a great concept for a podcast, especially for somebody like myself who has worked so many shitty fucking jobs in my life. I like love hearing about successful people. And well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the whole the whole idea behind it was I've. I listened to podcasts at my job dreaming of quitting that job. So I was like, let's, I mean, the idea of it is hope, you know, like look at all these people who also did exactly whatever you're doing right now while you're listening to this podcast and how they got out. Uh, and then also it helps when they're good storytellers and comedians. Yeah. Um, and also uh, I was told no by like four comedy podcast networks before. And then I started really. Yeah. They were like, there's not enough to this. There needs to be more to this. There needs to be more to this earwolf. Uh, I had, I recorded two pilots at Earwolf, one with Kyle Kinane and they still said no insanity. Um, so I started doing it on my own, which is another like, fuck everybody DIY, you know? And then Mm -hmm. through that, uh, all things comedy picked it up and they produce it and they helped me get great guests. And, uh, like just fuck everybody, make something on your own. And hopefully somebody else wants to help make more things. Yeah. Totally. But yeah. thanks so for listening. Nice. No, like yeah. I found like something really inspiring, like the Bill Burr episode. Like I'm not a huge Bill Burr fan, but I found that episode like super inspiring and like hopeful. Um, but yeah, definitely if you haven't listened to it, I definitely recommend checking out at least the number 100 episode where it's like best of stories. Like you got like yeah. the Nick Thune story and um the nine. Yeah, the 911 Disney World story like kills oh. me. I'll just like randomly think about it and just start laughing. That's Brendan Jennings. He's yeah, one of the funniest people on the planet. Uh, he plays a janitor on AP Bio and also writes for the show. He's so fucking funny. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, but yeah, thanks for uh, listening to it. I, I uh, at first it was just honestly like oh, I need a I need a, a outlet to let people know where I am every week because mm-hmm. I was touring a lot and now it's my job. Yeah, <laughs> I was like I did not plan on this pivoting to my job and a lot of people during the pandemic have like 
dressed up their podcast and, uh, you know, put more effort into them. And uh, I'm proud to let everyone know I have done none of that. It is 100% <laughs> just as lazy as it always was. Yeah. Always was. No, man, it's yeah. so important. Like, even with this little shitty podcast, um, like, me and Cody were both screenwriters, right? And we mm -hmm. just got kind of sick of not being able to complete something every single week. And, like, that's why we started doing the podcast, because we feel like we do something now every single week, and we put it out and it's to its fullest extent and that's such a nice feeling man no yeah i mean it's important especially right now to like have uh, some sort of routine like some mm -hmm. sort of this needs to get done i have you know like especially it uh, doesn't sound like any of us have children uh, or <laughs> wife. uh it's nice to have um some accountability yeah totally. yeah and like um it's like a performing, like I imagine that you're not doing a ton of stand up right now, given the circumstances of the world. I haven't done a set in like almost one year. Yeah. Jeez. And like, yeah, similar. Like I started stand up like two years ago after listening to entry level, actually. And I oh, submitted a story, <laughs> but it didn't make it on. You're oh, like, it's cool. But I think I think it got lost in just the mail. But it was one where I wrote about how I purposely bombed an interview at a movie theater by telling a story about the worst customer experience I ever had, where a lady stole something from a grocery store I was working at and she shit herself. I mean, I would have read that. I definitely hey, was just like, I think it just got lost in the emails. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to take this for myself. And then so I started doing it at open mics. And I basically did stand up for like a year and then like the pandemic happened and I'm like, oh, fuck, like I'm going kind of cuckoo. Yeah, I mean, it, the crazy part about the crazy thing about all this is I love stand up and um, stand up has all been has given me everything I've gotten. Uh, and but I like I've always I've always kind of I don't love touring. You know, I like touring mm -hmm. only to move forward to record uh, like I was going to film my first hour special April 2nd. And so I toured right. really hard to get that. And then, you know, we did not shoot a special April 2nd. Uh, but uh, it, I was always like, hey, if things don't work out in the TV world or acting, uh, I have stand-up. Stand-up mm -hmm. is how I can always yeah. do. I will, as long as I keep, as long as I don't become like fucking a lunatic uh, <laughs> and stay focused with stand-up, that'll always be there. And I'll always be able to pay rent through stand-up and then nope turns out my fucking backup plan is gone i was like holy shit like the thing i thought i always had no matter what the thing that like saved my fucking brain during snl is gone too woof <laughs> um so I, I i'm really excited for it to come back i think uh it'll it's just good for everybody i well, i also am like really hopeful for you know hopefully late this summer you know that we all fucking it's we're gonna we all shared a, a, a terrible experience. The whole world mm -hmm. shared a really bad experience. So I think hopefully, ideally, we're all a little nicer to each other because we all just went through this fucking awful thing together. Like no matter, wow, now I'm turning into like uh, actual speech, but like, I don't care if you like Trump or, or fucking Biden, it doesn't matter. We both just had to stay in our house for a goddamn year. Maybe if you like mm -hmm. Trump, you're yeah. why we had to stay in an extra six months, you fucking idiot. Either way, we're out <laughs> yeah. now and the stocks. So yeah, I can't wait. Exactly. Dude, I even like um in my day job, I work with the homeless population. I'm a frontline worker with the homeless population in Vancouver wow. on the on Bo's the a hero. Side. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I, I banged pots for you, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> and um, like the the rate of uh, violent incidences, even in the neighborhood I work in, which is typically an incredibly uh, impoverished and vi violent neighborhood, has gone down significantly because people are kind of getting cluing in that we have to have each other's back. And it's been like really remarkable to watch. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I think li live performance is going to rock uh, and um, people are going to be excited. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have uh, a lot of hope for, you know, getting through these next few months and then coming out the other side. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about it. I, I really think it's going to, uh, I mean, it sucks. I wish none of this happened, but I, it really did make me stop and uh, think about how much uh, I was taking stand-up for granted. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to take it for granted when it comes back. You know, like yeah. um, any like I was doing it because I felt like I had to do it, not because I got to do it. And I and I was going to be back to where I get to do this, which is very exciting. Yeah. Well, I've been vaccinated now, but I'm a little sad about getting vaccinated because mm -hmm. I kind of wish that I did get Corona because I do think I could beat the shit out of it. But <laughs> that's a whole other. Yeah, I like, mean, I feel like if I like if there's a guy that's gonna fight Corona and beat the shit out of it, it's gonna be probably me. I so. mean, no offense, it doesn't seem that tough. If it couldn't take down Chris Christie, it's not. I don't have respect for it. I, I completely agree. It's it's a it's you know what? It's like I'm trying to think of a good comparison. Like, well, Brooks, it's like a it's a journeyman fighter. You know, I, I yeah. could I could definitely get my pot shots in. Yeah, Brooks, you mentioned your friend Nick Turner earlier. He had coronavirus too. How how shitty was that for him? He was he was uh, asymptomatic. He doesn't oh, okay. the hoax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like me. With he has no respect for it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no fear. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, we're you gonna say. Well, yeah. Fuck. Fuck COVID. Fuck. Uh, whatever. You know. It's all. Fuck the cave. Fuck the cave, 100%. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, check out Entry Level if you're bored and you want to hear. I guarantee, if you like stand-up comedy, uh, I've interviewed somebody you like. I, it, it spans the spectrum of uh, all sorts of stand-ups. It's uh, not one. I didn't just go over to the comedy store and get all those bros. No. You're, I uh, popped over there. I got a couple <laughs> of them, but then I also popped over to some other nice places too. Yeah. I yeah. would love to interview those guys, but uh, I don't want to have ecstasy put in my drink unknowingly, so I've decided not to. Oh, that's only 20% of them. <laughs> that's already happened about, we've covered this, uh, that happened many times about underage at work. Oh, yeah. Sounds like Bo was doing it himself, though. <laughs> yeah, I, ac I accidentally did ecstasy when I was 11 once, but that's a whole other story. We're coming up to the end of the podcast, Brooks. We just want to say thank you so much for your time. Yeah, man. really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on, guys. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to retweet it. Just a heads that's up. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, retweet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty candid. Uh, that's all I said. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I do like this podcast and it's nothing against you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Thanks, man. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we'll sign off. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Please leave a uh, rating and review. Okay. Peace.